This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That's a mouthful of an intro, wasn't it? And we're all doing gentlemen, Andy, Tim and uh, Mitch on the panel this evening. No voice of reason. No voice of reason. So I don't know how this show is going to go down. Posh, one good, one bad. Tim, one good and one bad. Yeah, and, and you can see me tonight and hopefully hear me a little bit better than you could last Wednesday. It was, uh, it was a bit of a car crash, so I, uh, I bailed out... Um, uh, after about 15 minutes, so apologies simply for that. Um, but yeah, it's um, I did listen back to the rest of the podcast I hastened to add afterwards, and I was chuckling at your um, sorry predictions for Peterborough away uh, on, on Saturday where you were laughing at the prospect of us actually winning a game there. So uh, we'll no doubt dissect that as, as the night goes on. Mitch, your... Your comment about him being a, uh, a reporter live from Kabul uh, raised a few laughs. Oh, yeah, it's a hilarious comment, that. It's good to have you back on. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, I'm in joyous mood after a night of watching hopeful diagonal balls played forward by Callum Connolly and James Husband. Running after me on Bloomfield Road last night, yes. shouting, John, John, John. It was, yeah. it was the Bloomfield. I was ignoring him like Partridge on the... He literally did run away. He literally did. But then we didn't go home, didn't end up going to your house and discovering you were a sex person. So, <laughs> so we didn't quite complete that. That was the highlight of the day, that little chat we had on Bloomfield Road. <laughs> uh, Grice Reaper. Are you wound up and ready to go this evening? I'm in. Uh, I'm in normal form. I think is the the word. Having uh, examined uh, Tim's Kabul coat at, uh, at close quarters last evening on the balcony, it's actually a different one. That oh, was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got more than one. <laughs> and you're going to feel sorry for me, guys, because I've heard all of what he's going to say tonight, last night. So because he sat he sat next to me on the balcony, so I'm I'm in for second helpings. So Critchley's got a flat jacket, but um, and and let, let's let's be fair, let's be fair. Um, me and Tim were leading a, a a raucous balcony at one stage, 
trying to cheer the boys on, but so any suggestion that we don't get behind them was was uh, it was uh, we were giving it plenty, weren't we? They were just looking at us around us in a block E below. They were looking up, thinking we don't normally get that up there. Yeah, I did like that. We nearly we nearly, we nearly followed the uh, the pitch invaders. The, the pitch invader in the first half was uh, was trying his best to get a CC Seasiders chant going in uh, block E or F or whatever it was, and I think the uh, the marching powder took over from there, and that was uh, <laughs> and that was Chris that. Andy. I did I did like that comment. So I think someone put an ABFTT um, saying I bet Andy's eat just. Shouting, screaming, and ranting at his empty screen like half an hour after the broadcast ended. Oh, that's what did make me, uh, did make me chuckle. This should be an all smiles podcast. <laughs> well, something sinister. We actually have got uh, something to be smiling about, and that's uh, Blackpool 2. Peterborough one, sorry, Black Peterborough two, Blackpool one, Peterborough two. Oh, I'll get it right. Peterborough one, Blackpool two. There we go. I'm a man. I can't talk. Type at the same time. So, it's spelled wrong. A good result at the weekend against a good side. Did anyone see any of the game? I was away in Liverpool all weekend, so. Well, I was I was painting I was painting my cupboards in my kitchen, so I was kind of watching the game, but also painting cupboards. So my 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 already slightly sloppy analysis will be even worse. But but my main take on it was we were crap for about fifty five minutes, and then we were good after we scored, and then we played pretty well for the thirty five minutes we remained. That that was my overall impression which I think is fairly accurate. Well, it's just, it, it, we've had, we've had six, obviously three games, six halves of football, and, and I think you can say we've played well for half a game. Yeah. And um, and it's it's not been unlike our season that we've had two contrasting halves, is it? We've 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 been down this route so many times this season already, and um, like I I look I'm gonna I'm gonna put a, my my first point is that we got a deflected goal in the last minute that won us the game, and we're a bit lucky there, weren't we? But we've also been unlucky with deflected goals in previous games where we the Charlton game we. Uh, we could easily have won had it not been for a deflection goal by Marv that wasn't even going towards the net, for God's sake. And then Marv had another, didn't he, where he uh, um, where he deflected it in. So, so I suppose um, maybe we were due one to go in our favour. I think we are, you Andy. Yeah. You don't I get deflections without shooting, do you? Yeah, I think I I listened to the. Second half commentary on the on the way back from where I'd been, and um, we we seem like to be the the team that's playing on the front foot. We seem to create a lot more chances, and uh, Lavery was particularly on fire, um, according to the the um, audio description of the game. Yeah, so. yeah, Lav's had a good game, and I think what you saw was 
I've been very impressed with Peterborough over the three games of, that we've played, and um, they were good at Bloomfield, certainly till they, they um, had a man sent off. They were very, very good at Bloomfield until they had a man sent off. Um, they were excellent in the first half on Saturday, and then they were they were really good last night. I think as much as we're probably going to um, say a few home truths about ourselves, I thought Peter were excellent last night. So yeah, you know there, there's there's four and a half out of six halves of football. Peter have really impressed me, but they are a side that if you get at them and if things go against them, that then they're not necessarily the most resilient team in the world and I think what you saw on Saturday was you saw um we got a goal I mean I, I think I don't think we were lucky to I don't think the penalty was a lucky penalty but it, it wasn't particularly with the run of play we got the penalty we scored and from that point I think their their heads went a bit and and, and we took advantage of that um but you saw again, didn't you? You saw that we'd we'd sort of it was the same game plan. It was a classic Critchley game plan of kind of we started with a quite a robust lineup, and then we gradually introduced Dembele and 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 sort of that that sort of player, and and became a bit more attacking, having kept it tight and kept in the game. It was it was kind of classic Critchley in that sense. Oh, and the momentum graph bears that out perfect. It does it? yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, quick, quick eyes to the the stats and the XG column there. Two point one six, seventeen shots on target. Sorry, seventeen in total, eight shots on target, eight shots on target. Now that's so the mirror difference to what we saw last night. And 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 to be fair, in previous away games where we've we've gone away and and literally, uh, arguably not had a shot. Um, to go there and and have that that number on and off target is frankly um, incredible, isn't it? You know, it's a complete turnaround. And again, it's, it sort of back it takes us back to this position that in relating away games, we're a lot better against teams who play football than those who set out to play a very direct and um, way um, ball in the air a lot. You know, you talk about your Stevenages, your, your Burtons, your Cambridges, um, where we just don't seem to be able to cope and impose ourselves on the game. But when we've actually got a team who plays football and plays it on the floor, particularly, you know, we, we, we seem to do a far, far better. I can't comment too much on the Peter games. I did the equivalent of a Smith and and messed up how I was going to watch it. And I was going to go and Side up for Tangerine uh, TV, uh, and then I saw we got one nil down, and thought, "Oh, it's going to be one of them again." I'm not going to bother, and uh, so I managed to miss miss the game, which uh, I was kicking myself about afterwards. But I, uh, I, I was that Santa Sun lounger with a beer, so I wasn't. I can't complain too much. But um, it was, it, I mean, it's. I think there was, I think we look. I was following everything that's going on on the podcast um, uh, patrons thread. And I think once we equalised, there seemed to be a sort of belief among quite a few people on there that we would actually, it was a game that we could go on to win. And, you know, you you, you score goals by taking chances, don't you? And, and sometimes just having what can be a fairly tame pot shot of the keeper um, can be deflected. The keeper can make a mistake or somebody could nip it, whatever. Um, but if you don't shoot and you don't have chances, you don't score goals. It's It's... Hardly rocket science, is it? 
think it's interesting we've got a podcast here with people who haven't watched the game or were painting cupboards and haven't really been concentrating. And as a point of fact, Bison's the uh, one of our much-loved contributors, um, has uh, pointed out that it was, it was in fact us that had somebody sent off in the previous Peterborough game. And it was actually one of those games where, one of those few games where we threw caution to the wind when we'd gone down to 10 men and actually played really, really well. So... There we go. No, that's yeah, and 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 we made that. I think we made that point in the uh, uh, in the last pod that the um, the two halves where we'd looked two games where half a game we'd looked very good where he threw the kitchen and sink at it was um, was Peter at home when we were down to ten men and um, and Fleetwood away um, where he had no option but to throw the kitchen sink really. And then there's the the Peter again. We played well for two two halves by and won four nil. Like and, the Pete, and, and those two games, Pete. Andy. Those two games. I, I was thinking this week about you know why have some of the young players maybe not come through as we as we would have wanted. And I've made no secret of my admiration for the potential and footballing technique of of Sonny Carey. And you can comment if you want, but I'll just ignore it. Um, is um, those that second half against Peterborough and the Fleetwood game, Carey was magnificent in both of them. And the two games who have played that kind of football, who have played that kind of um, kamikaze, don't care if we concede, we'll score one more than you've kind of football. And those in those two halves of football, he's looked absolutely fantastic. He hasn't looked absolutely fantastic, unequivocally fantastic, all season. You know, he's, he's not, it, and and I think that those two games are really interesting games because they're the sort of the anomalies where we where we've played in a different way, and we've got something out of players that we haven't necessarily got that level out of all season. It was just something that occurred to me this week, really. I think I think the the Peter for, from Peterborough's point of view, they obviously want to play from the back. And the key to closing that down is the is the press, and the press has to be has to be quick and direct at the players. But the, then you have to hunt in packs. You have to hunt in packs, and the second secondary thing to that, if you if you do make them hit long, then You've got to have pace at the back to deal with that, because you know if they they'll, they'll just hump it to a quick forward who'll get in behind you. So so both of those things, ironically, last night we had we had real issues with because Connolly can't defend. Uh, no, a Andy, hump up Andy, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute, Andy. We're not we're not there yet. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I, I am saying bottlet. Yeah, so 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 so, yeah, you know, the the what I am I'm going backwards a minute. I'm, oh, my point was to my point it's was the only Norman of the podcast is going back. There was a build from that. So Saturday, Saturday, Saturday second half, we did better like that. So then, then if you. You surely then learn your lessons. You thought, maybe not. 
Oh, their pitch, their pitch isn't great, is it? We, from, you know, like look, take the win, take the win. Let's let's think about this as well. It's our first win since being behind in a game since all that time ago at Coventry away. Was it October? Yeah, amazing, tw- it? Was it October twenty two? Twenty two, yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Gary Medine inspired win at that jump. Yeah. And it was Jezza. Was it Jezza and was it Jezza and Medine? <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah, it was. It was the dream team. The dream team. But let's you know, let's try and take a positive this game. Great result to go and beat them. Alright, they weren't in the best of form, but that monkey is now off our back that we can finally come behind in a game and and win. I think the other thing, the other thing, John, is that I think most people had resigned themselves to losing that game, mm-hmm. and had we lost that game, it, people's over. view was the season's over, and and all of a sudden, a few of the results went our way on Saturday, and and we pull that result out the back, and all of a sudden it just starts to slightly open up a bit again, um, and it's like the hope that kills, isn't it? Because. Um, what we need to do, and 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 I think um, it, it was said by Andy, as I recall, on the last podcast or the one before, what we actually need to do is to go and put a real run together, like you've seen Bolton and and, and Portsmouth and other teams do in the division, and win four or five games on the bounce. Um, but it, it's a start, isn't it? It's a start that gives us that opportunity. That to be honest, you know, just as just as you all commenting on last. Wednesday, nobody really, heart of hearts, felt that we would go there and win that game, um, particularly after how abject performance we had against Cheltenham. So uh, we're, 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 we're back in it by the slimmest of threads, I would suggest. Um, uh, but it's what we do from here. And we've got some incredibly tough games coming up in, in the next two or three weeks. And um, we are going to have to really pull something out of the bag to put that run together of the type that we need to to get ourselves in the mix. So uh, it's going to be exciting, hopefully. Um, gents, just cast your eyes to that comment from Dave Coleman. I take Saturday's win over last night. Now I've I was I was I was stewing. I was raging last night when I got in, but I've mellowed a bit when I've slept on it and. Yeah, we'll come to the game, obviously, but would we really be asked that we didn't get look, to the look, final if we made the look, this goes, this Let's go back to Raggy. Let's go back to Raggy's thing. Why? I, 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 I take what David's saying. Honestly, I do take that, that point. I really do. But why can't we win them both? Yeah. We can't win yeah, them and both. And it's the style as well. Got a, a bloody... Yeah, yeah, it's the style, isn't it? Like the, again, to 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 cite Raggy, like he's some kind of um, alter prophet or something. Another thing he said on on the podcast was he pointed out, and I think very very fairly that you know we've drawn games this season, we've lost games this season, where we've come we've 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 come out the ground going, you know, fair enough, but. It, it, it isn't this by it isn't this choice between win one lose one. It's it, I'd have been fine if we'd have won on Saturday and if we'd have lost three two last night in a cracking game and we'd have all applauded and but there was just so little about last night that was 
worth engaging with or enjoyable on on any level sort of tactically there was no sort of seeing a particularly exciting your player coming good or no tension or no it was it was just yeah and it was just such a it, it it felt like more than a loss last night. It felt like a like a surrender almost, you know. And that 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 might seem harsh, but I think that it's not losing that makes you angry. It's the way in which you lose a game, and the way in which you play in a game, and the way in which the game just kind of fizzles out with us not really seeming particularly bothered about getting back into it that that's what makes you angry and I think I would have perfectly happily taken like I say a, a spirited 3-2 defeat last night and gone yeah you know the the, the league you know the league game was good hey oh you, you crack on and it would have been a different vibe it's not just results it's style it's also momentum as well isn't it because what we've seen in 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 previous seasons is the teams that do well in this trophy and win this trophy tend it tends to mirror uh, a league performance um or or the elite performance that then follows on maybe in the following season so you know we've seen the likes of Bolton win and win it well and um you know and, and then give themselves a lift on the back of it the other point and it, and, it, and it's probably less uh, well it, it directly less important to the fans but indirectly incredibly important to the football club is the revenue because actually when you get to this point it, it's finally potentially worth something because if you get to that final, as I recall, uh, unlike with the playoff finals, um, the two teams share a majority of the, the gate receipts. I think that's right. And if you know, if we were if we were there against, let's say Bradford, who would take huge numbers, it could be quite a decent payday. And and when you've got when you're trying to build um, a squad and a, and 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 some not just momentum on the pitch, but momentum to keep recruiting. Having that extra cash in in hand that can maybe be spent on um, some of the players that we've we've managed to miss out on um, could be all the difference, if not this season, then next season. So it is again. I don't want to jump ahead into the game, but when you when you talk about one or the other, I don't. I agree with Andy. It doesn't have to be one or the other, and I don't think you need to surrender. You needed to surrender last night to help us on Saturday. I think. I think if we'd won last night, um, it would have it would have helped in, in in relation to the psychological side of the approach that the players would take to Saturday because they'd be they'd be buzzing, they'd be buzzing about the fact they're going to Wembley and they'd also um, have momentum of a, of a two game winning streak to put the monkey of um, Cheltenham or, or get the monkey of Cheltenham off the off the shoulder. Off the back or whatever. So, um, I, I for, personally, I think momentum is is the most important thing, and that should have been the overriding consideration in relation to the approach from Saturday to the last night. Not focus on the league or whatever. You, whatever. I don't know what the thought process was. No, again, we'll be coming to the approach and, and and what the thought process might have been as we talk about last night. So, so let, let's talk about the approach now, Tim. Um, I think that was pretty obvious when the team sheets came out which was O'Connell so O'Donnell Connolly Husband Gabriel Norburn Morgan Joseph Coulson Virtue Beasley Teta, uh, Grimshaw Pennington Byers Dembele Lavery Hamilton Quasi on a very very strong bench there but um, Raggy has just said in the chat 
nobody in world football would turn up to any semi-final where their club has a chance to play at the national stadium with half their best players on the bench or not even in the squad. Who wants to come in first? Well, at least we picked Gary Gowley. I was happy to see him. But no, yeah, I mean, sorry, I don't think anyone had got any problem with O'Donnell playing. I, I, I don't see many people. Maybe, maybe a few. Were, but like O'Donnell to to the main when he's played has has actually been all right. It's more his distribution that's a bit of the issue, I think. But his actual shot stopping is is good. Um, but it's the rest. And Beasley fresh off a fresh off a. Um, an injury is probably played to give him 90 minutes or a start. Virtue is given a start. Connolly's given a start. In a game of this kind of magnitude, I was listening to Gary Bowyer. Yeah, on the, forget on the, the rest that we've got a problem with. Yeah, he, he said, um, Andy Bays was like almost saying, is this a game where you, you know, you'd be loyal to the, the team that's got you there, but Gary Bowie saying, well, no, I wouldn't. He says, this is the business end we're at now. And he says, I'd be picking the team that gets me to Wembley, that gets us to the final. Exactly. <clears throat> and I think you look straight at that and, uh, uh, you know, there's three players in there, and I don't include O'Donnell in this, there's three players in there that, that shouldn't be anywhere near a starting a starting lineup um, uh, to win that game. And that you know, as as we as we're going to talk about, I think that that view, and it was listen. It's not with the benefit of hindsight. I think most people who looked at that team would have thought that's not our best side, nowhere near. Um, it's just it's not coherent, is it? It's it's. I said this before we came on. Like you go on Twitter and whatever, and everyone has the views on who's who's the villain, who's the player who shouldn't play, and who's dog shit, and who's this and who's that. But when you when you add that team up together, it lacks pace and it lacks creativity. You know, regardless of whether he's got Connolly or whoever in it or Virtue or whoever, it just lacks pace and creativity. You look at it and think, well, how's that team going to win the game? I, I, I That was my reaction. I, di- I didn't see how we were going to win. I didn't see how Joseph and Beasley would work together because the two... I mean, Joseph is he's more technically adept than Beasley, but they're two basically similar strikers. They're kind of quite gangly and mobile strikers. So you put two strikers... And got in each other's team. way at times. Yeah, yeah, they were doing the same thing. They were, they were both going for the first ball and no one going for the second ball. And it was a shame, really, because in a way, both of them won the first ball quite often, but then were chasing down the second ball. The midfield is distinctly stodgy. I mean, Morgan. Morgan's all right. He's got a bit of creativity around him, but it's distinctly stodgy. And then the defense looks, the the, the defense looks slow. And the wing backs and and you know, in that formation, your wing backs have to be your best players. Well, Gabriel's probably our best player, but but Coulson isn't isn't you know he's not he's not the player to build. Where's you know, Where's Lions last night? Lions had yeah exactly. And where, exactly. where's Where's Casey? Casey didn't play on Saturday, so why not play him tonight? Like last night, I should say. Um, you know, if you're going to have squad rotation, we've got two players who not who haven't even made the bench, who quite a few people would say should be in our starting eleven anyway. And you know whether they're, I don't think my gut reaction is Critchley doesn't react very well if if a player challenges what he does. 
or when he doesn't pick them. I mean, we're, we're less speculating, aren't we? But I think it's fair to say that Lions must have done something to upset him. And um, if not Casey, Casey's dad sometimes says things which are no doubt upsets Critchley. Um, but not to have them involved at all. And yet we're playing a lone left-back who's who's been bang average at best um, and, and bringing players in who haven't played any football at all. Um, into straight into the start in eleven, just doesn't. It, it just it just almost feels like we've capitulated before we've started. Um, the, the, the point the, that MP's just made about being loyal to the players—that's fine, but it doesn't add up to coherent football team in a semi-final. Does 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 he not realise that five players that played in that first game are no longer with the club? So where's the loyal thing coming? <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not having it. It's like it is a semi-final. End of. Pick your best team and sort it out and get it and get that team playing. Right, that 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 team. I honestly, first two minutes, I thought fantastic. We we're, were great for two minutes, and then it went to cock, and and that's uh, like, come on, that that was not. That was not a manager going out there saying, I'm winning this game. I'm winning this game. Peter had made two changes from Saturday, probably to just a slight adjustment to what they, how they played. But bloody hell, they were so comfortable. What do we have? They have 75% possession or something in the first half. We're not like uh, Andy, Andy, listen, we've, we've spoken about possession and I've, I've had particularly about um, the fact that I hate the way our managers, our manager and his team talk about possessions if it's the be all and end all. However, what we saw with Peter Peterborough's possession was that it was meaningful because when they had it at the back, generally Absolutely. the the, um, the, the defenders Absolutely. played good forward balls into space, into space, or and or, and or into feet, um, and and they built attacks from it. They weren't. You know, pissing around at the back and then launching a ball diagonally across the pitch, with a, with a, with, a, with, a, with a, which at best was not even their, 50, their, pre- their press. Tim, they were getting out every time. Every yeah, time yeah. they were getting out from their press. They were so comfortable on the ball as well. It was just incredible. I mean, actually, there's one time when the ball goes out and everybody's going, hey, but the ball <laughs> there was, was no was, press. The the ball was fast and listen, it was once they didn't control it right, but those balls were going were pinging into feet. Uh, they were loving playing on our surface. I did make t- touch on a point. I don't think their surface is quite as good as ours, and I think they they love playing on a decent pitch. It it it, it looked all right to me last night, and and it was a joy to watch. Actually, it was a joy, particularly in the in the um, in the uh, uh, I agree in, in the second half. Sorry, the first half when they, when they were behind us, it was it was fantastic to watch the way that they were playing out at the back. I was enjoying it. Was. Um, was. I shouldn't have been doing, but I was. It was. It's also you can play. You can play without possession. I mean, Mourinho's built an entire career of playing without possession. But if you're going to play without possession, you need you need two elements. You need yeah. uh, a quality hold-up player and lots of pace around him. And we were lumping it at Beasley and Joseph, and it was bouncing off them. And but we weren't getting anybody around him. And we had this, we had we had probably our our slowest lineup of the season on the pitch. So. If you don't have the possession and you don't have the pace and you don't have the hold-up play, then you're going to hide into nothing, aren't you? You know, 
possession isn't the be all and end all. I remember a game where um, I was. It was a cracking game. It was. It was probably the best game of Grayson Part Two, where we, we beat them four three. And Grayson kind of just said, "Right, come on, Ferguson, come on, play your fancy football, knock the ball around." And then we just we just every now and again knock them off the ball and hit them hard on the break and we and we won four three. So you you don't have to out football Peterborough. There are other ways to play them, but the way to play them is not to fill the entire team with players of very middling attributes that are very middling at everything. Lower league one donkeys, someone said. Well, we could have we 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 could have sat we could have sat with a very low block at home and played the Marino style if if you want to call it that right or we could have we could have pressed them high right so Joseph and Beasley were trying to press let's not be too harsh about it but they're trying to press and then they're looking behind at what's what's pressing behind them yeah. and no one was pressing and and so so if, if, can you remember like games where you can you remember when he tried to play Dougal as the pivot, and he, he's at, at this season where he's tried to play Norburn as 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 a pivot, and and at start of the season, he, Norburn had to play the ball back to Ekpiteta, and Ekpiteta was just getting struggling like mad. They were really comfortable playing, 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 and um. We, we had in the championship with Dougal receiving the ball in those situations. There was someone up his backside. So he had no time to take the ball and, and distribute it. He had to distribute first first time, right? But they were so comfortable. And, and there was no press to to give them the problem. So so we never they never had to resort to a long ball because they were being pressurised too much. And it just drove me mad watching it. Right, as 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 some of you said before, it was pleasing, in, in if you can call it that way. No, it's not pleasing. It's uh, it was a, a bit of admiration for the way they were playing, but we let them play like that, and so you've got to hold the coaches and the manager to account. They're the ones that send the players out with the tactics. Now, if they're trying to press two, two up front. Our lads are trying to press two up front. They have to coach the midfield and, and wing-backs to press with them, surely. You would think this, right? And um, there's someone saying Morgan screaming the players around him for not backing the press up. So, yeah, um, something on, sinister was um, saying something before, and, it, and I think it's um, gone said to. a few stills of it. Um, of of the, the amount of time they spend looking at that frigging iPad during the game, it's... I don't think I, I don't think I've ever ever seen any management team spend quite as much time staring at a screen when there's a game of football going on. It's like, it's like what the kids it's like when you bring your bring your little three year old to the game in the in you know in the, the sitting next to you and then you give them the give them the iPad to play with. It's it's incredible. Well, it, it's, it just seems to be a permanent uh, thing that's going on. I don't know whether they're watching replays or or what, but. It can't be more important than watching what's going on on the pitch. It's 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 what I I think's not right this year, and it's easy, you know, it's easy to to be all black and white about it, and it you know it's easy to go, oh, Critch is a complete idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know anything. He obviously knows far more about 
coach a professional football team than I do. And he does, obviously does Monday to Friday, does lots of good things. He run up and down, they run around cones, they do fitness routines, he molds the screen. There's loads more to it than just picking a team like his football manager and pointing on the touchline. But what I get this overriding impression is that between the three people there that are on that touchline, there's no instinct, there's no kind of hunches, there's no intuition. And when you think of all the great football managers, there's always that combination between process and kind of a slight madness about it, you know, a slight instinct about it, um, a, a sort of a hunch, a sense, a feeling. And I just don't get that. And it's like they're staring at the iPad looking for something that's that's kind of staring them in the face. First off, we had literally no creativity on the pitch. We were under pressure every time we got the ball because we didn't have any particularly technically gifted players on the pitch. Morgan wasn't having his greatest game, and I'm not calling him out for that because he's he's, he's probably been the, the star in the last couple of months for me. I think he's turned into a really good player. I think he's the one player that's really improved this year. But Morgan wasn't having a particularly great game, so nobody could really hold the ball. The passing wasn't working. The lumping it up to the two lads wasn't working because we've covered that. That was obvious. You could have asked anybody in the North stand that, and they'd have gone, yeah, we don't, we don't have... We don't have either the strength and pace to play a direct game and we don't have the, the technical quality to play a technical game. So we're kind of falling in between two stools. We're just nothingy. You could see that. You don't need an iPad to tell you that. You don't need the data to tell you that. And it's like this, that they're looking for some kind of deep, meaningful thing. And stats and data can be really useful. It can be really helpful, but it doesn't replace instincts and it doesn't replace knowledge and it doesn't replace sort of hunches and, and that bit of madness that all the best football managers have. Well, look at the, look at the too times. Many Ellie, the, too many. The, sorry, John. The, sub, the subs always seem to happen at the same time, which uh, I think it validates what Matt's just said there. They, they, they make the subs more or less same they, they time. Every decided game. When they, they yeah, probably already decided politics. before the game when they're making the subs. Um, which again comes well, they, and, 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 and Bison's well, interesting just really quick I don't want to cut off you but interestingly Mourinho was famous because he used to do that he used to say in the dressing room before games I am going to do this this is what's going to happen on 69 minutes I'm going to do that on 74 minutes I'm going to do that and the players would look at him like what are you doing and he said and we will win 2-1 and, they, and, and it used to happen, and the players would come back in and go, how did you do that? And he'd go, hey, because I'm the special one. And that's what... But it's like we've got a crap version of that, where he go, I'm going to do this, now I'm going to do that. What are you going to do? Oh, we'll win 2-1. And you can see them all coming back in the dressing room and just looking at him and going... Mm. And, and, yeah, and the point... And the, I was picking up on Bison's point, really. We've made it look, repeatedly look, before, there's, haven't there's, we? There's too, there's too much... Sorry, Andy. I'll just say there's, there's, there's no. I don't think they've got five league games between the three of them, and and that and and listen, you don't have to be an ex-player to be a great manager, but most of the um, managers who are, are haven't been good players have good, experienced professionals on the coaching side alongside them, and Critchley had it the first time round. Um, uh, in uh, Calderwood and then McCall, who, who between them have, have probably pay, played 1,200, 1,300 games. And, and being in dressing rooms with different managers and being in dressing rooms with other good players at different points in your career all rub off and create scenarios like Matt's talked about where instinct comes into it 
where you might say, try this, try that. We've seen it happen before. And if you haven't played at that level um, and you've got nobody around you who has, you've got a knowledge gap. I think you've got a huge knowledge gap. And I think that's a massive feature of this season. That's why we look pedestrian. That's why we stick to a system and never change it. Critchley was far more adaptable first time round because he had somebody in his ear who he, I believe who he trusted and, and respected their opinion. Uh, and I'd almost say at the moment he'd be better in a, in a league game having Rhodes in the dugout with him and let Rhodes have some input because I'm, he's he's the type of player who's been there and bought the t-shirt. There's only one man who needs in there, Tim. There's only one man he needs in there, mate. It's not Jordan Buddy Rhodes. Well, well, and, and listen, it could be any, it could be anybody who's had, who's played around and 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 got the experience, and and it, and it's it's a it's a void, it's a void in the way we approach games. It's a void in our. our we've spoken about our in-game management is awful, and um and and I've never seen it change once all season. Bar Fleetwood away, and that's when he got a bollocking off the fans as he walked off the pitch at half time. And that was the catalyst, I think, for him making those half-time changes. They should have made half-time changes last night. I mean, if you walk off the pitch, having only had 25% possession in the first half, and we should have been three or four nil down but for the heroics of O'Donnell and Marv, easily could have been three or four down, and it wouldn't have been unjustified. To come out of the second half with the same nonsense and play that for another 20 minutes, it's just it's bonkers. It's beyond bonkers. Look, look, look. Let's let's get it right. There's too many as we're discussing it. There's too many pieces. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Of this jigsaw, right, that are not fit for purpose, right? And the Boswells are, are definitely one. They 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 need to go them too because even if Critchell is staying, he needs something behind him that's got some oomph. The, the Boswells and, Andy, can do just, one. Andy, they're, just, they're gone Andy, for me. Look, Andy. Andy, just look at that one B said. He doesn't want yeah. that senior figure behind him ready to take his job. I think there's some validity in that, perhaps. Well, may, maybe that's 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 true. But, like, he's heading towards the job centre now, isn't he? Like, let's be fair. Like, he'll be the richest manager in history soon because, it, like, if he goes from here, he'll be sacked three times in a year. It just, like, it, it's just not... On, honestly, it's... It's it's not not good. This he needs to he needs to somebody with him. Bison's Bison's has, has suggested Steve Thompson. He's I mean Tomo's something. It just seems a complete waste of someone who's been um, who's been in that number two role. Who who um, 
when he worked with the likes of Holloway and things like that, got the players on side. He 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 he's the link between the manager and the players, and and he's a bloody good coach and he understands the game. He's played a lot of the game himself. He's coached a lot of games, and they they know they know. It doesn't mean Tomo's the best man in the world or anything. He, he's not, but he's. He he's a very 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 experienced football guy, who's who's been around like like Tim's alluding to there that can pass on a bit of who's who sees things and pass on knowledge and sees things and he's able to react in game to to situations that happen. Right, Critchley Critchley seems incapable of of making in game changes. It was screaming last night for changes at half time it was screaming yeah right but i i th- honestly think hand on heart he's made that team selection they they reckon he said he came out afterwards to say we've we've sat down as a group of coaching staff and analysts and um uh, a group of his management team and whether it be physios and whatever and we picked a team from that like could you honestly think someone like Ferguson would go to his physio? He, he wouldn't even think about it. He'd just say, right, mate, how are you feeling? Right, you're in. And this is the job you're going to do. Right. Let's and talk about the sub. They, let's let's they, talk they, about the subs next, Len. Let's talk about the subs. Fr- okay. Frustrating. Frustrating beyond belief. The subs that came on didn't change the system in any way. They were like for like, as per. So the system wasn't changed. And he was bloody lucky, bloody lucky. I, I that thought we didn't he go tried to change the system. That we didn't go 2-0 down. While the subs were waiting, for, it, it took a, an age for the subs to come on. Five minutes, they were pissing around. And we should have gone 2-0 down before they came on, if you remember. Peterborough went through and it just sort of eclipsed a shot just wide. And that had been, that'd been it, game over. There's a feature yeah, of our it, games at the moment as well, isn't there? That in, in, like in, John, in, you should have been four down at half time. We should. There's a, there's a there's a feature of our games at the moment, isn't there? That the, 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 the um, stands start singing for the subs ten or fifteen minutes before they actually come on, almost like to try and encourage Critchley to to actually make the changes earlier and do what is should be pretty obvious to most people. And and it's still you can guarantee it's between that sixty fifth and seventieth minute before it happens, and um, it's 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 just so predictable um, and in, in, incredibly inflexible, and yeah, it's almost like he's got he hasn't he hasn't got he hasn't got um, uh, how can I put it. it, it, it he has. He can't see a way to win a game. All he can see is just changing the personnel and moving it around, almost a little bit like you do sometimes at junior football, where yeah. you know you, you've got a squad of fourteen or fifteen, and and you've got to give little Johnny a, at least twenty minutes because otherwise you'll have his mum on the phone whinging about the fact he's not had a game, and 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 also for football development, you know, it's what he'll have done with the younger lads, you know, seriously, put aside the flipping comment, it's about, you know, giving people game time. And this isn't about giving people game time. It's about winning football matches. 
I'm not um, when Mrs. Connolly's on the phone to you, Tim. I mean, you know, you've got to, <laughs> uh, got to consider that. No, I think you're spot on with it, with, with that thing about you, you change the players. Like, it's like, do you remember playing football manager on the spectrum in about 1980? This might be one for John, but you used to play football manager on the spectrum in about 1987. And there wasn't any... It wasn't like football manager games now. There wasn't any tactics. All he did was he had a squad and that those players had like a little number next to them that signified some nebulous idea of their ability. And you'd just swap the names around and kind of hope for the best. And sometimes you'd win 2-0 and sometimes you'd lose 2-0. And you weren't, you weren't really sure why it just sort of happened like that. And that sort of feel like he's going on in Critchie's head that he looks at it and goes, oh, well, I... I've got to play five three two. So this week I'll try. Well, I'll try. I'll try and put Callum there, and then and it's like with this sort of two versions of us. There's there's like the fairly the, the the slightly tough version or theoretically slightly tough version, and then the theoretically slightly more technically able version of it. And it's like one or the two, and you swap the names around, and you get a slightly harder or a slightly more passing based version of it. But it's fundamentally a version of the same team. It, it, there's no sense that, you know, you kind of go, right, okay, well, we'll what we'll do is we'll put one forward ro- right up on the shoulder of that guy and then we'll have him hovering here. Right, that's not working. We'll pull that. We'll go in balance for a moment. Right, we'll play slow. We'll really slow the game down for five minutes and then we'll blitz them because we'll we'll overload that. There's none of that kind of innovation that you, that you have to see. And I think for me, it's like... <sighs> It's like um, it's like what like we can argue all day about whether this group of players are good enough or not. But what what I don't think we're seeing is us sort of trying to get the best out of this group of players, exploring what this group of players could do, trying what would happen if you tried different things with the players. It's like if we, it's like how do we score goals? We score goals. We've got. We didn't press very well last night, but we, we we've got kind of we've got quite a good press normally. But if we don't score, if we don't force the other team into a mistake, or Dembele doesn't do some magic, I don't really know how we score. And and it's like we're not set up to unlock other teams. Sorry, I've, I've kind of run out of steam there. But the conclusion is, I just don't really get what we're doing. How does the management team? Can I can I go oh, on to the, yeah. Can I go on to Norburn? Can I go on to Norburn, John? Yeah. Norburn, right, plays in in front the the in front of the back four, right? He's supposedly the captain and and the leader of this group. Right? When we first started to see at the start of the season against Burton, he played he played a, a, a be- I don't think we scored from it, but he played a beautiful through ball. Split the defence, and I turned round to Sharpie at that time when, that's what we've been missing. That's what we've been missing. What that that's the sort of pass that we've been missing all last season. And like, thank God we've now got someone who can do that. Right, I've probably seen about four passes like that all season from him, and that's it. And we've seen him thump one. He's seen him thump one into the top corner. Like on that one occasion, right? So he scored one goal, right? And he's he's he's, he's <clears throat> he just obsessed with playing sidewards and backwards, sidewards and backwards, sidewards and backwards, 
right? He rarely plays a, a forward ball and he's capable, I'm sure, from what I've seen, he's capable of doing that. But that must be a team plan. He's got to be a team plan. I, th- I think, I think right? he's to, I think to it's keep the coach. recycling the ball. Well, there was a point last night, and I, I don't, I, I don't, re- I don't generally get on players' backs at games. I don't generally get on players' backs on here particularly. I, I, I think, you know, lads go out and play football, and they get a lot of abuse. And you know, fair play to them for going and doing it. I, I admire most of them. But last night, I ended up going for fuck's sake, Ollie, at the top of my voice. Eighty-eight minutes, two nil down. Gets the ball. He gets the ball. The two, Coulson and Gabriel, go either way. Lavery goes up the middle. And there's a risky pass on there. But it's a risk. It's one of those passes that you can see there's a pass on there. We're 2-0 down in the semi-final of a cup com- competition. And he does that sunny crab turn thing and goes back to goes back to O'Donnell. Why? We're 2-0 down. There's a two minutes left. It doesn't matter if we lose 3-0. There's no goal difference. No possible consequence of, of of losing possession there other than we might get the goal that we go back in. It doesn't matter if we concede a third. And and to me, that's it's not just... I'm not just having a go at Norburn there. To me, that's, that's what is doing my head in about this team is we just don't seem to put ourselves on the line to try and win a game when it's not going our way. We just kind of oh, it's not going our way today, but we'll carry on doing what we do, and it's 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 really frustrating to watch. What do you think he was trying to achieve with the substitutions then? Because it was it was like for like Beasley, Joseph, um, Larry, and Kwasi. Kwasi was particularly poor, I thought, and he was. I was surprised that Morgan came off um, and Dembele came on. I think the system didn't change for me. It maybe did. Later on, when CJ came on, but I think it was when CJ came on yeah, mainly that yeah. it seemed to go a bit more for the back, didn't we? And 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 pushed uh, sort of had two two wide players supporting the front two, but it was all after it was all a bit too too little too late, really. I think actually there was some there was a guy sat next to us and he said, you know, he felt CJ should have been on a lot earlier. Um, he was a new. He seemed to be more of a neutral fan, so rather a Blackpool fan. But you know, he picked up on that. But I think, I think the you know the kill the killer really was that was was the penalty, wasn't it? Once the penalty went in, I don't I don't think there was there was any way back from that, was there? Do we think it was a pen? My my view is seen him given, seen him not given. I think I don't think it, I've I've heard every, I've heard people swear blind it was a penalty, and people swear blind it wasn't a penalty. And I don't, so I don't think you can blame the ref for giving it because even after seeing innumerable replays, people still don't seem to be able to come to a consistent view on it. Uh, and I'm not even sure what I think of it, to be honest. He looked like he was going down already um, with his own momentum, but there was contact. So I think I don't, I don't blame the ref. I think it, I, I think I'd be a bit disappointed if it was the other way around and we didn't get it. Well, if it's any, if it's any help, my colleague at work who is a um, Saddled with the unfortunate affliction of being a PNE fan, watched it on Sky, and he said it was never a pen. So if he said that, let's not let's not use that as a reason for losing the game, though. Um, I, yeah, no. absolutely. It, I, I, Peter Bridge deserves could... to win the game. Sorry, John. I, I think you could be you. You like Tim said you 
you'd be uh, wanting it if it was for you and not wanting it if it was against you. And uh, um, the the only thing I'd say is O'Donnell came out and he didn't get the ball. That's that O'Donnell didn't touch the ball. And if he's come out and clattered into their striker without touching the ball, like while I probably uh, to the stage where he's going down, it wasn't a pen. You can you can wholly understand if he's not touched the ball. If he got the ball, I think different gravy completely. He's, he's Jay, Jones, Jay Jones acting like he's just had a um, a taser gun attached to him and fired off. Do you see that ridiculous five or six flips he was doing on the uh, floor after he got the penalty? So I think the the referees obviously he's obviously bought that. Um, yeah, so. When the third went in, I thought the, the ground was going to get more toxic than it was, to be honest. And I think when that third went in, quite a few people were approaching the technical dugout, which had two security personnel in, um, numerous people venting the spleens at Critchley. Um, it's all getting very familiar, this, isn't it? It's one very uh, well-known one who got escorted out the ground uh... I, I, I noticed we could see him again, <laughs> giving it plenty, wasn't it? Right. Um, it wasn't the only one, because I was sat at Embla. Don't, don't, let's not, let's not, uh, let's not get this wrong, because if anyone from the club's watching, don't ever get this wrong. This is a, a fellow that spent a lot, of, spends a lot of his hard-earned money, right, following in Blackpool all over the country, right, He's yes, he's well known to us all, and 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 he's well known to the club um, because he he wears he has a set and he's prepared to put his um, um, what's it's on the line right to say what he feels. It's it's um, he's not scared to be a bit controversial with his views, but they're his views, and he's got the right as a fan. Should, shouldn't ever be go over the line to being abusive, but he cares about this football club far more than any player, any any uh, manager, any owner, or any CEO or whatever you like. Right, he cares about this football club, and he'll be around this football club a lot longer than they will. Right, he's 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 so passionate about this football club being run properly and and us uh, doing the right things. Whether he's, he's not asking to win every game. He's prepared to travel to the other end of the country and watch us lose and come home. And he'll have spent 150 quid on his day. You, right? you mentioned money there, Andy. He's, he's a passionate fan. Yeah, Andy, you, you, talk, you talk about money. Colin's spending you know, a shit ton of cash. We all have. I spent, went down block, I must have spent... With refreshments and all that, I must have spent north of forty quid last night. Forty quid, and I, I just felt I, I felt like I've been conned almost last oh. night. Um, it's just Bison's has just said that if you knew the team before you bought your ticket, would you've gone? The answer had been no because we didn't go to win the game. It was just giving giving fringe players a run out. It was. I just that's well, the way I felt coming out. Yeah, I conned. agree with you, John. I agree with you, John, and it's what you said there about we're giving fringe players a run out. We're giving the sort of the squad players that it's just so flat. And this, this, you know, I'm 
I'm never going to be stood at the technical area telling people to go and do whatever. That's not that's not what I'm like. I haven't got the character. I'm just not that kind of person. But there's there's there's, there's three things that really hurt me. I've already said one: the fact that we never throw the kitchen sink at it. We never seem to be desperate to win a game that we're not winning. Sometimes we play, sometimes on occasion we play well and we win a game. And I will applaud and I'll stand there and I'll, you know, I'll give them all the credit in the world. But that's number one. Number two is that I'm just going to read you, there's going to read you the ages of Peterborough's players. This is from Saturday. So the keeper was 31, but outside of him, 19, 26, 20, 22, 22, 24, 22, 24, 24, 21. And then on the subs bench, they had another 19-year-old, another 20-year-old, another 21-year-old, okay? What's the age of our team? What what have we got? I mean, I can go through it, but, you know, we all know that Penno, husband, they're in the 30s. Marv's 28. Norburn's 31. You know, Byers, 27. Um, Beasley, 27. Our best player this year has been Rhodes, who's, what, is he 34, 33? So that's the second thing that irks me, is that, We've got this. There's this like there's this vision of the the Critch keeps talking. We're, gonna, we're you know we're going to be an exciting young front foot football team, but we're not. We're a middle aged. We're a middle aged conservative football team, small c conservative football team. That's what we are. That's what the evidence says. If we get the fucking iPad out and look at it and look at the facts and the data, we're a middle aged conservative football team the stats show that if you look at the shots per on target per game in the division we're somewhere in the middle we're up quite high in the average age of the the players that we play so that's the second thing that irks me i can't remember what the third thing that irks me well just before you move on to that we actually haven't got any young players at the club that we can bring on well, we've got Lions, we've got Carey, we've got Apter, we've got possibly Jack Moore, maybe he's not ready, but there's these players, but it's like that since we won't risk them, we won't find out if they're good enough and, and, and we'll put in a steady Eddie in, in, in place. And that's fine. That's fine when it's working. You can be boring and successful and you can kind of be, to a point, you can be relatively unsuccessful, but exciting, and fans will, will go for either of them. But you can't be relatively unsuccessful and boring. You can't you can't be both of those things, and that doesn't work. And I remember what the third thing that irks me is. The third thing that irks me is, when you look forward to next season, what where's where's the development? Where's the improvement? Where's the where where is the players with the potential to grow? You know what have we got? You know, thirty-one year old Jimmy Husband, thirty-two year old Ollie Norburn, thirty-year-old Matthew Pennington, twenty-nine. There's no, certainly no pathway to the first team, is there? Well, there's no pathway to the first team. But the way we've recruited with this sort of incredibly vaunted recruitment setup hasn't left us with all these nineteen and twenty-year-olds knocking on the door. It hasn't, and so. I don't really... I've read a comment on Twitter saying, oh, Critchley steadied the ship, and if we don't go up this year, then things are looking good for next year. Oh, hey. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not convinced it is. Not without, you know... And, and we, can, we can do to death. We can do to death the thing about Sadler investment. But the fact of it is, whether or not Sadler's going to put millions into the club, and, 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 and if he is or he isn't, if he isn't going to go out and splash the cash on a division-winning team, then we've got to build it 
and we've got to grow it. And you've got to do that with players with potential to grow with young players. And you look at the way Peterborough played with that with that age of player. You look at Port Vale with a 16 year old and a 19 year old, an 18 year old in the first team. 16 year old is pretty much man of the match. You look at the young players and the risks other teams are making, and I don't see us making those risks. And I don't see what the long term point of giving Callum Connolly the game is. Why? We all know what Callum Connolly can do. You know, Bison's question, would you have gone, knowing the light? I would rather have gone and seen apter, more trusty homes in the lineup than see the fringe players in the lineup, because at least there's some progression. And, you know, I know these players might not be good enough, but at least you're learning something. What are we learning by playing Callum Connolly and Matty Virtue? Nothing. I've done. <laughs> I like this one. Yeah. What Matt is well, saying how can you argue with is that? as a team, we are effectively cold play. Yes, <laughs> and don't like cold play. And it was all yellow. <laughs> Likes of Casey and Lions will want yeah. away. They will. They will. Lions oh. will. Why, why, why is Coulson playing would. in front and, of Lions? Why wouldn't you? Why is Coulson playing in front of Lions? I don't get it. Oh, and, and getting rid of Dale. Get rid of Dale oh, for Coulson. I let Dale go and bring Coulson in. Yeah, don't get me don't started know. on that. Last night watching Peterborough play, right? You need touch players. There were three touch... Three... Rob Apter, whatever, we can go on about him forever. He's got incredible first touch. That lad's close control is something special. He's really good. He, the, I'm not, I don't know if he's any good or not, but his close control is fucking great. Sonny Carey... Anybody in the comments can shut up with the lightweight stuff. I know he's lightweight. I know I know all his flaws, but he's technically beautiful player. Balanced, beautiful. He's got vision. He's got a decent shot on him. And I know he's flawed. And I know he's not necessarily the answer to all my problems, but he's technically better than, the, than seven or eight of those players on the pitch. And Owen Dale, beautiful technical player. Lovely, lovely control, lovely balance, vision. His last game for us, he played number 10 and he was superb in the last Tin Pot Cup game when he played number 10. He played really, 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 really well. There's three players who were all technically way better than anybody on that pitch, probably apart from Morgan, way better than anybody on that pitch, but we're not playing them. But apparently we're a technical front foot football team. We're not playing them so we can give Virtue and Connolly some 27 and 28-year-olds minutes. Why? Why are we doing that? How is that progressing the vision of the football club? And I'm not slagging any one person off. I'm not getting at any one person. I'm not saying any one person is shit or needs to fuck off or whatever. But we need to get back to what we're doing, how we're doing it, and take some risks to get there. Because clubs like us do not progress without taking risks. Dale set a goal up for Oxford uh, yesterday, by the way, um, my mate. Steve told me he said he had a very, very good debut and a cameo set up a goal. Um, yeah, because he's a decent player. Yeah. Tranny fans are know rave about Apter. They say he's the only reason they won't go down. Yeah. The the other thing that the other thing going back to what Mitch said before about next season, right? We've in all likelihood into Division One next season comes uh, Wrexham with a bucket load of cash, Stockport with a load of cash, with high ambitions in both, right? And a, a and two others who are all coming out of a quite a progressive league too. So so 
infinitely next season, it could be even harder for us next season to get out of this league. We can flog and, and then, do then we the don't know what's coming down out of the championship as well. Rotherham always go back up, don't they? Like, they just bounce yeah, between yeah. the championship and the league one. Sheffield Wednesday coming down, likely. And it just, it just, I, I really fear, I really fear for us, unless we can get a, a, a really, really good manager who, who, who can get something out of these lot, because there's, it, it, it's just looking, I mean, like, look, it's just like us now beat Bolton 3-0, isn't it? Like it, it, that, that is just the <laughs> yeah, a really good I manager like Ian, Everett, like Ian Everett. A really good manager like Ian Everett. There's another comment, but here, we didn't, which I, we didn't want ever. And, and there's 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 a lot more reasons why Everett won't leave Bolton than than just because he he wouldn't want to come to Blackpool at the moment. There's a few reasons behind it, so I'm told. But hey ho ho, um, I, that that's obviously between him and the club, but. Like the, apparently he's tied said. in for a, a, quite yeah, a I was, while. I was, I was, t- I was taking uh, going taking back into the comments, and I think I think it sort of it resonated with me a little bit. Tangerine Babe one, um, made the observation we've lost our way, and I think I think a lot of us have that feeling at the moment. I think you know when when you look, you know, Mitch has spoken about the identity of the team and what that team is meant to be, and I think when we, I think. My, my impression is that when we came out of out of the uh, the yoke of the oysters, um, there was some momentum, and we and there was a um, I think there was a feeling, a collective feeling that we were going in the right direction. But I, I very much felt this year that it, it feels that we're like we've we've got had a bit of a wasted opportunity, really. And and we, obviously we can analyse why it is, but when you look at this season and. And I was optimistic going into the season, as you know. I think I rather foolishly suggested that we might actually get promoted as champions. Uh, yeah, and you I, did. I, I did. I did. I <laughs> did. You know, but I think I think I actually think managed properly that, and and with the right level of recruitment, the squad, the squad is is a lot better than than our position. Um, but I think some of the recruitment that we brought in since the start of the season hasn't been up to scratch. Um, and um, and and I think as as a club we've lost our way. I don't think Critchley knows really knows what he wants, other than to play this very rigid system that I don't think even he's ever had any success with. Um, and 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 you go you look on the terraces and the atmosphere's uh, muted, uh, putting it politely most of the time. Apart from the cup games, ironically. Great atmosphere last night, by the oh, way. Yeah, the north, it, the north and, and to listen, a man did it, did the bit, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, oh, and listen, it was it was pretty, it was packed on there, and and um, but you know, and, and Andy made a point last night. You know, you can you know if if, if it carries on like this, then people are going to stop coming, and and it then begs the question: Well, do you even open the south? So you could end up almost having the south empty, and and just people in the west of the north, and. And you know, and we and we want to, you know, we we want to be continuing to have five figure crowds, but we're not going to have them if we, we we seem to be falling into an abyss of mediocrity, and uh, and uh, it's, it's quite sad, really, because it is we because that's what what that's not what we're about, you know, and we shouldn't be about it, and 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 it and it just needs someone to light the spark, and and I don't, you know, I, I listen, I, Critchley is never going to light a spark anywhere. <laughs> 
um, with the way that he plays his football at the moment. He just isn't. You know, it's the most boring football to watch. I don't mind losing the game if we give it a good go. We lost to Forest, but we gave it a good go. But nine-tenths of the games we've played this season, win or lose, have been pretty hard to watch. And they shouldn't be hard to watch. You mentioned on the last pod, didn't you, about your, your, your lad... Um, you know, and, and do I have to go to the games anymore if we're if we've if we've you know if we if we're no longer got a chance of going up? And I think this kid's all over. I think Andy's grandsons said the same, and and um, you know, and we've got to get that excitement back. And and how we do it is it's got to start at the top, and and the approach at the top's got to be right. And at the moment, it isn't. It's it's he'll never the change. Though, Tim. He's he's too he's too dug in. He's too entrenched. There's no yeah. way he's going to change. No way. The only way it's going to change is if he's removed from his job. Yeah, or, or, and, or and... he's forced. He's, I, mean, I think even if he has someone forced in as a number two that he doesn't want, he's not going to react well to it, is he? And and no. and he's probably not going to listen in the same way that he clearly listened to Calderwood and, and McCall because he was a younger manager then. He, he probably thinks he knows it all now, but he, he clearly doesn't. And none of us are ever too old to learn. I, You know, I learn every day in my job and... Uh, and uh, and you know, I just I just can't see a way of it changing at the moment, other than by you know cutting cutting the cutting the tree down and roots included and starting again. And that that's that's got to, that's got to be um, for me. We want something. We I want something to look forward to on a Saturday. Not all right. Well, I know it's going to be three five two or a variation of that. And I know I know that. Certain players aren't going to play, even though they're clearly better than others, because um, the challenge they clearly challenge the manager, and and we're going to play round at the back and then boot it long, and we might every now and again we're going to win a game, but two two out of three we're not, and that that that's like rinse and repeat. It's like being stuck in that groundhog day, isn't it? Where you wake up every day and it's the same frigging thing. It's like every time you turn to Bloomfield Road, you pretty much know what's going to happen. Although we have got. Colin, uh, Colin Conley happily morphing into Mike Davis with those uh, curled right foot passes down the wing yesterday. Well, that became a to behold. Kind of, that became a kind of grotesque entertainment. Was was every time well, the ball went to Conley or Hobby, seeing who would hit the worst pass down the line, as they were kind of outdoing each other. Just on what Tim said very quickly, wasn't it noted? Wasn't it notable? A that the the champing for Dembele from from sort of half time onwards. B when he came on, it was like a goal. And C when he did that that one absolutely sensational took out five of their away. players. Took out five of their players. I know it didn't go to anything in the end, but it was beautiful. <laughs> and and the the North was bouncing for about five minutes on that, and you can feel the way that. That Caddy gets absolutely worshipped. The ground he walks and gets worshipped. You can see that we are crying out for that, for just that bit more risk, that bit more go, that bit more desire, that bit more excitement. And the North were, I don't normally don't normally go in the North, but it was great. The the, the level of support for that little bit of effort, that little bit of risk, that little bit was 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 palpable, tangible, and there's no way that you could look at the fans and go, they got on the players' backs last night. Maybe there was a few people giving Conley a bit of stick, but beyond that, there's no way you could point at that and go, oh, well, that was a toxic atmosphere. The fans didn't get anything that we did that was remotely positive 
got we got behind you know drums chants the lot and and that's 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 what we want it's just something to get behind i think i think they got away with Peter it play with as well, to be honest good mother right they uh, they scored an injury time only goal at bradford on what looked like a complete mud heap um so it got, looked like a, a, a pitch from years gone by um um, is, right, I think we'll right, just, just... asking is Sadler doing a good job. I uh, and very quickly, um, I obviously think he's he's chalk and cheese between him and the Oysters. Obviously, um, I just think he's made a few managerial uh, wrong decisions, and maybe he needs to have a, a serious, serious look at this one as well, because it's it's not. It's not going well, is it? If we lose to, to Bolton, then, do you think his neck will be on the line? So let's quickly talk about Bolton before we go. Um, is it you, before if, Andy said? I'm if we sure lose without like without us, some kind of serious performance. It's just like us to go and turn them over, isn't it? And it's it's a, it's a pattern of this season, isn't it? Is we're, we're, we're not, you know... It is not one of those seasons that's so dire that you can, you know, it's not a Neil McDonald season or something, is it? It's not it's, Mick McCarthy, is it? No, and it's not where you just kind of go, there's nothing good, there's nothing, it's absolutely worthless, this is terrible. But, but that's almost what makes it really painful because it's it's nothing's quite ever resolved. But I think I think what Andy just said is if, if we're tepid against Bolton and we lose 3-0 without a fight, then I think whether or not Critch will go, I have no idea, but I think that the ground will not react well. And and and, and I suppose, you know, it, it, I said I think I said this last time I was on, and maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but it just feels a bit Appleton-y to me, sort of. Mm. My, my mate, as I said, who supports Preston, said, well, your manager just stands there with his arms folded, he doesn't do anything. And I thought, mm, who does that sound like? Appleton. So thoughts ahead of this game. Uh, we're uh, Just, we're in our perennial eighth position. <laughs> we're, we're in eighth again, aren't we? We are six points behind Peterborough, but they've played a game more. Uh, seven behind Oxford, but we've got a game in hand now. Um, is it a must-win game? I think so. Thirteen oh, yeah, games. Yeah, thirteen games left. We've got a run of away games after I that as well, haven't we? Which um, is is so. I think it'd be important to go into that with, um, with uh, with, with 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 a win. Um, yeah, if you look, you've got straight. You know, we've got Portsmouth at home, which isn't going to be easy. But we've got three away games, ironically, against teams in the lower half who we really struggle against. And Derby, um, who absolutely terrifies. And then, and then, oh, and there's, then, there's and then there's change in there as well. There's a change in there because we've got Orient after Bolton midweek away. All right, okay. On the twenty seventh, we've got Orient away, and yeah, and so yeah. so we've got basically after Bolton, we've got four out of five, the next five games away, with the home game in the middle of it being Portsmouth, and and uh, people involved and in running it. Probability Fleetwood. What was that, Tim? Sorry, I was going to say we've obviously got Bolton with Everett. We've got Wellens. 
we've got uh, Charlie Adam, all all with very strong Blackpool connections, all no doubt looking to turn us over. You know, so um, it's 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 got to be tough, isn't it? Must win is one of them cliches, isn't it? It's something that people say on talk sport to try and keep people listening to 24-hour shite talked about football. Um, but this actually is a must-win game, I think, because if, if we end up eight points behind the playoffs with 12 games left in that set of fixtures, there's there's no way. So with that in mind, then, let's stick our necks out and give a prediction and then we'll bid... Uh... Dear listener and viewer, good evening. Um, Andy, do you want to go first? Nil-nil uh, draw. I think he's on a delay, you know. Nil-nil <laughs> draw. Uh, Tim? 2 nil defeat, unfortunately. Mr. Well, I'm, I'm going to go using the logic that every time I slay Critch properly on here... We always turn in an absolutely fantastic performance the week after. So I am going to go for Blackpool 3, Bolton 1. Wow. Well. I always said the same, and you said the same last last Wednesday and look what happened. So uh, uh, I, think, I think I'll stick my pessimistic, if nothing else, for uh, reverse psychology. But... Um, Anybody going for four? Nobody going for four three. Oh, Tim, I was going to. I was oh, going to. It was in my head. I was going to say. It. I ruined it. It's going to say it's going to be a high scoring game. Well, Tim, yeah, given, John, given that you compared CJ to Stanley Matthews earlier, then what, what should happen is we'll go three one down, and then CJ will put in the performance of his life <laughs> with Jake Beasley playing the Mortensen role. <laughs> And it'll be be remembered ever after as an all time classic. <laughs> yeah, like the, the Matthews final. It'll be the yeah. the Hamilton. Does, Conner, does Connolly get put to does Connolly get to right wing back and play the Matthews role? <laughs> <laughs> He's gone from being Mike Davis to Stanley Matthews in a three minute time period. Right, I think that was a bit cathartic and I think we've said enough for one evening, haven't we? So we'll we'll leave it there. Uh, yeah, so I think it is a, a, a must-win game, isn't it? And uh, no doubt we we shall be coming back in either an elated mood or... Um, help me out here, Tim. Critchley mood. General malaise. Can we have a yeah. post... Can we have the post-Critchley pod next? Fingers crossed, Andy. Fingers crossed. Right, right, everybody. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining post- us this evening. Thanks in the comments. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Do like, subscribe, not cool. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.